It is oh. now recording. Um, well, I'm glad to know that you'd be in my cult, Caleb. All right. Oh, no, I would not. What? But I would rock the outfit. All right. Welcome, friends, to Sibling Rivalries, the show where my brother Caleb and I argue about things and don't kick each other out of the Christian tradition. And my sister takes forever introducing the show. So today's topic is women in leadership in the church. You're not allowed to say it. That is my topic. Oh, my, I'm or sorry. My, you're in charge today. Oh, my God. You can't even let me lead the episode. <laughs> you are such... Okay, well, spoiler alerts on what my view is. Yeah, misogyny. Wow. Before we get started, by the way, my name is Chrisanne, since Caleb couldn't even give me a name. Uh, we just want to remind you to like, subscribe, do all of those fun things on the podcast app that you're using. And if you really like us, please leave us a review because it helps. Uh, also, you can send us a message at sibrivalries at gmail.com to submit a topic idea or ask a questions or like just tell us we're wrong, whatever. So, yeah, we're uh, we're told that that really helps and it helps get the podcast and stuff out there. But also, we could use the ego boost and yeah, it's always nice to know. It's nice to know actually likes us. That people like you. Our topic of frivolity today, as Caleb already, the beans that Caleb already spilled, is women in leadership. But before that. Our topic of highest import is Starbucks versus anything else. <laughs> I guess the question is, do you like Starbucks? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, when I if I have a choice, I go for the local spot. We have, uh, I live here in Salinas in California, and there's a few local coffee places, and uh, I'm going to plug right now, Bearded Bean and the Cherry Bean. They're both very good. I have their sticker downstairs. Yeah, Bearded Bean was started by my brother-in-law's buddy that he worked with at Starbucks. Um, Aww. But then like even like when I'm working and stuff, I'll get, I work out of town and I'll go to a a local coffee spot. I just, Starbucks isn't bad, but I'm not enough of a coffee guy to tell the difference between good and bad coffee. So I might as well support local business. Yeah, it's the same. It's a cup of coffee. It's only a couple bucks, <laughs> unless you're at Starbucks, in which <laughs> it is like eight dollars. Uh, I say pretty much anything else. I I will go to Starbucks if we're in California. But about a decade ago, my husband and I moved up here to the Pacific Northwest. Actually, we're technically in the inland Northwest, but anyway, they're all coffee snobs here, and so Starbucks is like your last resort if there's no other are there even good a lot of starbucks up there there are they're everywhere they started in seattle though so it's like yeah there's starbucks everywhere but um pretty much most people would prefer a local spot but there are people who still like starbucks and and you know what you're gonna get that's what i've heard people say they like it because you know 
you know what you're going to get. You don't always know. There's like a million local, you know, yeah. coffee stands here. And some of them are total shit. So <laughs> it's like. That, and that makes sense. Yeah. Consistency. Consistency. I will say the, whenever I visit you, I enjoy the coffee a lot. Yeah. Because they're, they're, you take me to like different coffee spots wherever we are and it's. It's always good. good. Yeah. Jacob's Java. That's my favorite. Uh, all right. So on to our topic of frivolity. And we are going to try something new here. Oh, we need to come up with a name for our listeners. Sibs. We could call them Sibs. Sibbies. What? You know how like podcasts have names for the people that listen to them? Like um, My Favorite Murder. You're called I a think, murderino. I think the community names themselves. No. I don't think so. Because I'm pretty oh. sure that Karen and Georgia named the murderinos. <laughs> anyway, we could call it we could call them Sibbies. Sibbies. That's what I call my kids. Sibby Ribbies. To each other. <laughs> That's funny, Sibby Rivies. All right, Sibby Rivies, we're going to try something new this time, this week, for the yes. next few weeks. Yeah, we're going to try it. It's called Our Sorry Excuse for a Reasoned Opinion, which we will colloquially refer to as Our Sorry Excuses. So uh, as we get into these topics, we're just going to take turns sharing our sorry excuses. <laughs> sorry, I had a shiver. You know, Joni... Our babysitter used to tell me that that meant an angel was passing or oh. something. No, I heard that it was a demon. Oh, oh God. <laughs> so I remember having getting the shivers one time and I just said to myself, like, leave me, demon. And then my buddy was sitting next to me and he was like, what? And I was like, oh, nothing. <laughs> I was very impressionable. <laughs> I think you're right. I think it was a demon. Yeah. Oh, that's really funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the demon just left you. The demon of your misogyny just left. Okay. Or it just showed up. Or just showed up. <laughs> it, it doubled down. It's here. Wait until the end of the episode. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So on the topic of women in leadership, Caleb, what is your sorry excuse? Well, I believe that when God... So I... I think that God made man and women with different roles. And Jesus uh, acknowledges this. And Paul uses the creation story for his reasoning on women and men in marriage and in the church. Um, I think that Christ with the church is, or I think marriage is a picture of Christ with the church. Uh, within marriage, there's roles between man and women. Uh, man is to love the their wife as Christ loved the church, which is above himself, not just as himself. And the wife is to submit to the husband. Um, and we can talk more about that and what that means, because I don't think that a man has like authoritarian rule in his marriage. Um, but they are made with different roles. And then in the church, those roles are extended so basically the only role that a woman can't have within the church would be the role of elder or bishop um, which is episcopate in the greek 
uh, and that is um, referenced in First Timothy chapter two, where Paul uses his reasoning from creation. Uh, and so, because of that, I would say that women can be deacons; they can be um, teachers in a certain capacity. They can they can do anything other than be a bishop, because I think that was a role that. God intended for men. Okay. Yeah. So, and then we can talk later about what that looks like in modern church. Cause as we've said before, modern church is very different than what Paul had in mind. Sure. Um, but the role of women as pastors, I think just depends on how that church would define that word pastor. Okay. Thank you. So my sorry excuse is that as far as women's roles, gender roles, um, and I guess women in leadership in particular, uh, I, I believe that the New Testament affirms the equality of women and their um, ability to lead. So not, I know that most like uh, normal people, <laughs> not super crazy fundamentalists, believe that women are equal even if they aren't given the same roles. Um, but I believe I, I believe that they are uh, invited into leadership and and I believe the New Testament, um, the passages that that we usually struggle with uh, in regard to women's roles and leadership are typically ascribed to Paul. And I think Paul's message, his the the broad message of Paul is one of inviting women into spaces that they weren't previously invited into, including leadership, and that he he has a mind to eradicate the hierarchy, a lot of different hierarchies, which is what Jesus was also about, um, including gender hierarchy, which was kind of a given then and, and is in many ways a given today. We have gender hierarchies that I think Paul is trying to subvert through his letters. So that would be my my sorry excuse. Um <laughs> So I guess to kind of start off the discussion here, so you said that there is an appeal to creation in, was it First Timothy? Uh, yes. Okay. So I would like to hear more about that. I guess my, my question is, if Paul is saying that women are not qualified to be elders or, uh, well, you, bishop. you said bishop, yeah, Um then I'm curious why he would affirm them in other areas, like when he talks about Phoebe or Junia, and when he talks about women prophesying and teaching in other so, passages. Well, just real quick about Phoebe and Junia. They're both from Romans 16. And Phoebe is a deaconess, which is in Greek, the, and I'm probably going to butcher it, so if you speak Greek, please don't be offended, uh, diakonos. And there's nothing, he never teaches that women can't be deacons. So he says in first Tim and, and as far as Junia, it's Junia and who is her Andromen Andromenticus or and what is it? And Andronicus. Yeah, Andronicus, Andronicus and Junia. So Romans 16, 7, this is the I guess I should use a more modern translation. Um this is the King James, but it says, Salute Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners who are of, of note among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. So and I'm not, I don't think it's saying that Andronicus and Junia are apostles. 
and saying they're of note among the apostles. The apostles knew them. I mean, even if they're not, where Paul was. So there is an argument that they actually were apostles, but even if they weren't, he's certainly affirming that they were his teacher. Yeah, and he he also Priscilla and Aquila. He commends them. Yeah, Um, he commends Timothy's grandma, which is a role of leadership. I mean, so okay to back it up because I think this is helpful. Do you see bishop, elder, deacon? as uh, offices or do you see them as like kind of organic roles within the church? Yes to both. So I think that, so I see there's episcopate and then there's diaconos. Yeah. Episcopate is translated as both bishop and elder, depending on your translation. Is that also Um, overseer? Yes. Okay. Overseer. Diaconos is translated as either deacon or servant. And that's, it's yeah. two different roles within the church. Diakonos is someone who serves. They do, they're the ones that make sure people are taken care of. They, Phoebe was a, a deaconess, a servant. And it's a feminine role within first century culture. It's a, well, it's a, it's a feminine noun, but it's, it's well, the not role was, reserved for women. No, but the role was, fem, it's like a serving your household, like a waitress or a, you know, like waiting on people and like taking care of. Yeah, I don't. I can't speak to that. I guess I'll take your word for it. But in the qualifications for deacons, Paul mentions, and I I do think it's gender neutral. But Paul mentions a husband to one wife, so it's clearly it's not specifically for women. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's a feminine role, but not for women, which gets to my point about what Paul's doing with gender. But yes, continue. (laughs) So, I think so. Your question was the if they were offices. I think that not every church is going to have deacons and overseers and elders. I think if a church is doing the work that God wants them to do and is doing the will of Jesus, Mm -hmm. they don't need deacons and elders Hmm. because the the elder's role is to lead. The overseer's role is to lead, but not everyone needs leadership. Um, Hmm. The role of overseer is to lead and not everyone needs leadership. Everyone, everyone should be led by Jesus Christ. If we're struggling, (sighs) go get your meatloaf. I'll be right back. All right. Ready? So a church that all of its members are being led by Christ Mm. and they're not going astray. They're not diving into a, you know, like a dangerous teaching or doctrine. Mm -hmm. That church doesn't necessarily need an overseer because it's, it's being led effectively by Christ. Hmm. Um, I think that a church needs an overseer if it has people in it, members in it that are, um, you know, getting entangled with false teachings, with false doctrines, things that are either affecting the unity within the church or are are dangerous and and are leading people astray and hmm. pulling them further from Christ. In those situations, a church needs an elder. Um, Paul talks about don't being too hasty to lay hands on someone and appoint them as an elder. Hmm. So a church, it's not necessary that a church, you get together, all right, first things first, let's assign someone as a pastor. Someone has to lead us because Jesus should be the leader. Uh, There's nothing in the Bible that says women can't be prophets, uh, that they can't have the gift of leadership themselves. 
that they can't be teachers. Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 2 says, verse 12, I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. And that word silence is the same as in verse 2 of the same chapter where he tells everyone, man and women, to be silent. So it's it's the idea of just being orderly, being obedient, being like, don't be disorderly. Hmm. And so, and then he uses the argument, verse 13, for Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Nevertheless, she sh- she will be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with self-control. So he uses the argument from creation that man was made first. Um, man was tasked with you know, naming the animals and, and dominion of the earth, and the woman was made to be his helper. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not saying that... And then, and by the way, I think when he says that uh, she will be saved in childbearing, I think he's just talking about women in general throughout time. Like that's traditionally, that's been the role for women. That is the only woman's the only one who can do childbearing. Um, Mm. So it's, I don't think it's saying that a woman has to have kids in order to be saved. He's speaking in generalities. But why it's kind of a tangent, but it doesn't make, it doesn't really make sense to me. Like, what is he saying? What what is he saying? That, That she's that Eve was the helper. And so there's but, different roles. But what does what does childbearing have to do with salvation? So he says, nevertheless, she will be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with self-control. So I think that Paul's just, he's using creation as his argument. And the, the role for women was childbearing. Uh, it's... I don't think he's talking when he says salvation. I don't think he's talking about, you know, a woman, a woman must have a kid to be saved, Mm -hmm. but just if they, if they do, if, uh, if, if they follow their role, it sounds terrible because (laughs) I know how it sounds. Um, but he's saying if they follow their role, then, then they'll be saved. And, but how do you, okay. Well, because he also he also tells women, as well as men, that it'd be better to be single and not have any kids. So because then you could just focus on Jesus. So he's clearly not saying you have to be saved. You have to have a yeah, kid. Yeah, but to why be saved. is he clearly not saying you you have to have a kid to be saved? But he clearly is saying you have to stick within your gender roles. Like that's not what that's what's not making sense to me. Is I feel like it's a little bit cherry picking of saying like, well, he's. He's not saying that everybody has to have kids, even though that's what he's literally saying. He, but he is saying that you should make sure you maintain your gender role. Like it doesn't make sense because to me. he says, because he's he with the gender role. I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. And again, that sounds bad, but in the context and the language mm-hmm. for Adam, and then he goes to creation for Adam was formed first then Eve and Adam was not deceived but the woman being deceived okay. fell into transgression so it's the appeal to the so creation story the appeal story. to creation story Got for it. the gender roles so i don't understand why you would take that for gender roles but not for head coverings because he also appeals in the where's the head covering passage first corinthians 
11 chapter 11 so first corinthians 11 he appeals to the angels and he talks about it as a fundamental thing and yet we don't observe that people don't wear head coverings now so in in corinthians 11 i see that as he's giving an argument for the head coverings but he's not prescribing head coverings because he finishes after that whole section he says Judge among yourselves, is it proper for women to pray to God with their head uncovered? Does and and then he finishes that whole section saying, But if anyone seems to be contentious, like if anyone doesn't agree with this, verse 16, we have no such custom, nor do the churches of God. So he's saying in, in the context, he's saying, you know, in chapter 10, he's telling them to flee from idolatry, don't fall into that. That's what everyone else is doing. Then he says, all to all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Yeah. Let no one seek his own, but teach to others well-being. And so okay, when he but... talks about the head coverings, it's that idea of everyone where you're at is doing the head coverings. So here's an argument for it if you want to justify it. But if anyone's contentious and they're like, no, I'm not going to wear the head covering. Keep in mind, we don't have that rule and neither do any of the churches. Okay, so but it's... why would the... Okay, so first of all, I know that there are people who take that passage to say the exact opposite. That they're saying that the no such custom among us is actually talking about the arguing. I know people who interpret it that way. But putting that aside, even if the way that you're interpreting it is the right way, which is the head coverings is the custom that they don't have, which is how I always read it it still doesn't get around the fact that he appeals to like a fundamental thing. He's talking about creation and, you know, he's talking about fundamental truths. And then he goes on to say, but we don't really worry about it. So why can't we do that today and say, okay, he's talking, he's appealing to, he's doing the same thing. You know, he's making a case for these gender roles by appealing to creation, but we don't have that custom anymore. Yeah. Right. In first Timothy. Like, why can't we do the same thing that Paul apparently did with head coverings? Because he didn't. I got to go get my meatloaf. Oh, my God. Okay, hopefully that's the last one. Okay. So Paul was an apostle with authority to lead the church. And the, the foundation of the church is the apostles. Right. So if he says that in this case... We have no issues, and in this case, we do. Mm-hmm. Then, in this case, we do. But how do you we know don't, he we didn't? We don't get to say, "All right, Paul, uh, it was good for that time, but now your teaching isn't applicable for our culture, so we're going to change it." Right, because but truth I feel like truth. <laughs> yeah, but he, does, but he, he takes out his own argument with that verse, and so, so you it's just like cut out on my end. I don't know uh-oh. what you just said. I can't hear you. Are you there? Maybe the devil really is trying to stop this. I literally can't hear you. I hear you. Okay, now I hear you. What'd you say? I said, your voice cut out. I have no idea what you said. (laughs) (laughs) The devil is on our tail today. One of us has a message he doesn't want to get out. One of us is oppressing half the church. Well, you're not oppressing. Yeah, you're right. Just, How would I be oppressing? You're, point at you're me. unjustly liberating. Finger point at me. 
All right. No, but for real, not for real. Going back to what apparently Satan yeah. just tried to edit out. Uh, Paul does that. Like, so it's like he, Paul says. But he has the authority to. Wait, so how do you know that Paul doesn't do that elsewhere? Like that somebody, that another letter came that we don't have access to where he says it. Or that not in written form, but that in person he said the same. Th- like, I feel like there has to be a backstop. Like, I get that we disagree, like that we see the Bible a little bit differently. Yeah. But there has to be a backstop of logic here. You can't just say. Well, the logic to me would be Paul is sending a letter to Timothy to teach him how to lead the churches where he's at. Right. He's a, he's an up and coming teacher evangelizer and he's telling him hey this is how this is how the church should work Mm -hmm. so if there was something where he would say you know this is what you should do but not everywhere then he you would think he said hey timothy this is what you should do in this circumstance but not everywhere he doesn't mention head coverings to timothy no no no, because he's he's sending a letter to timothy as he's as yeah and i feel like the assumption would be the exact opposite which is that he wouldn't spell out this is only for you. It would be that if he's writing to a specific person, the assumption would be this is for your particular context, not for the broader church, that he wouldn't have to spell that out and that he's spelling it out for the Corinthians because it's more of a, this is to a whole broad picture of people. And I'm making it clear to you, this is my argument, you know, for it. Here you go. I mean, from what you're saying, I'm not, I don't even take the passage necessarily the same way. Except that, so, so the Corinthians, one, I would say that to Timothy, he's speaking to Timothy as he goes about, because Timothy can move from one place to another. The Corinthian church, the members might change, but it's still going to be in Corinth. So a letter to a specific church from your view, I would think, would be the same. However, I think that Paul clarifies within his letter so that if someone outside of the Corinthian church gets it, it's like, hey, this isn't. And even to the Corinthian church, this isn't something worth splitting over. It's not, if someone's contentious about this, we don't have such custom. Yeah. But this is what you should do to reach more people. Yeah. So it's, it's not even outside of the Corinthian church, we can apply that and say, hey, you know, where we're from, uh, you know, people, I don't know, what's a weird thing people do in California? Uh, So many things. They don't, they don't, they hire landscapers instead of just doing it themselves. Do we as a church want to do that so that we can, okay. you know, reach? I, I don't know. I think, okay, so I think I'm hearing that I I still disagree with you. I feel like he's writing to a particular person. He would assume this person would have an understanding of other theologies and he wouldn't feel like he needed to spell it out completely. But I'm hearing you say that it's possible that he would give him broader instructions because this this one person is going to go to different contexts. And so he would be careful if, to... If he's going to give different instructions, yes. Right, okay. But I think he's spelling out the qualifications for elders, the qualifications for deacons. He's advising him, hey, don't, don't lay hands on an elder too soon. Like, you really have to know the guy. Make sure that it's someone worthy of the position. Yeah. So it's he. It seems like he is spelling it out. So if it was an issue of if someone's contentious, we don't have this problem. He would put it in this letter because okay. this is where he's defining for Timothy. This is what an elder is. This is what a deacon is. Yeah, I hear These you. Are their roles. I, I guess my problem with like taking it that way is that, like, my problem with taking Paul's 
emphasis on gender roles too strictly is that the broader picture of what Paul is doing in his letters and in his ministry seem to be doing the exact opposite. They seem to be liberating women and and encouraging leadership and kind of the full gift of, you know, this half of the the Christian church um, to come forward. And so I have a really hard time thinking that these particular passages of um, that seem to be couched in a lot of first century context would kind of like go against the broader picture of what Paul's doing. So what what passages would you say that view goes against Paul's teaching? Where my view goes against what Paul teaches? What? Because there's the, like, there's no no Greek or Jew, male, female. Oh, what um, am I looking at to like say that, that like what, Paul... Yeah, what are you looking at to say that Paul okay. isn't teaching what I see? Okay, first off, I want to clarify that I'm not a scholar. If you're curious about this, you should go to the show notes and go to those people. Cause... Well, if anyone's curious about this, they should always do their own research. They should, there's... but... And, from what and we have the benefit of the printing press, so you can true. read your own Bible and figure out what it says. And I can read. Because I was a woman born here and now and not in first Which century. Which I think that Paul would be very happy about that. I agree. Because I think Paul was liberating for women. Yeah. So my my best kind of gathering of this, the smattering of like research I've done on this stuff is that um, I, I'm not going to be able to give you – I'm really bad at giving specific passages. And I understand that that – that bothers you, but <laughs> no, it's, it's all right. I'm also terrible at like passage. I'm, I'm bad at quotes. I'm good at ideas. You're right. I think most people are, it's difficult unless you have a photographic memory. But I, I, I think that, um, a lot of the, like the reason that I say that Paul had this more egalitarian view is because of what I understand about the first century culture and context. And so the, the passages I think when you take those specific passages, there are other ways to read them than face value and into our own culture. And so like when he's talking about, when he's talking about women um, in like the head coverings, for example, um, I can't remember her name. I'll try to drop her in the show notes, but um, this one scholar was talking about how that was actually like to wear a head covering was a thing of honor and that that was something that women would have wanted to do, but wouldn't have been allowed to do if they didn't have actual proper authority of a husband or a father over them to protect mm-hmm. them. And that without a head covering, it was basically a signal to men everywhere that they could take advantage of, that they could rape them. And there would be no consequences because they didn't have an authority. And so Paul's advice is let those even active prostitutes, let them wear a head covering, let them be, you know, take on that status symbol of dignity. And it says every woman should have authority on her head. And this scholar was arguing, and I don't see why you wouldn't take it this way, again, given the rest of that context, that he was saying like, if even if she doesn't have a husband or a father, she she has she can put a head covering on. She has authority right. over her own head. And that sure. is absolutely radical when considering that women were literally property. Like they were sexual objects. So I don't I don't have and, a problem with anything you're saying. Yeah, I don't think I wouldn't think you would. But that yeah. I think that that lends itself again to this broader picture of Paul saying 
women deserve equal standing with men. They're not, they don't belong under the authority of a man. Our culture has set it up, you know, like in our culture, this is how we see women. We see them as some somebody who needs the authority of a person with a penis or they are basically truly like, you know, rapeable. Yeah. Like they're they're just so, out there in the world. And he said and so I think that that message would apply to wives and daughters as well as slaves and prostitutes that he would say you don't need the man in your life to be your authority that you are so i i would agree to that to a point because everyone regardless of your gender should be subject to christ everyone should be under the authority of jesus yeah right he is he is our king yeah but i don't think that negates the the role for male and female that God intended in the garden. So the garden before the fall is was very good. That was the that's the ideal. Yeah. That's the the way creation was supposed to be. Yeah. And within the garden there's man and woman and the woman is the helper. And I, so yeah. Yeah. And so I would say that <clears throat> that while Paul is radical towards women, he's he's very much about uh uh What's the word I'm looking for? It's it's very much about liberating women. Everyone we everyone is a child of God. We're all royalty. Mm-hmm. Um, we are we're subjects in the kingdom, which has authority over any kingdom on this earth. And mm-hmm. so everyone um, should be treated fairly and and mm-hmm. equally. Uh, a priesthood. Yeah, it's it's a royal priesthood. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and every believer is in that priesthood, including the women. However, it doesn't negate that there are roles mm-hmm. in the creation that God intended and that yeah. there are there are different there are different roles for us to have. Yeah. If I'm given it's similar to the the gifts. If I have a gift of helps or of works, but I don't have the gift of prophecy or teaching, mm-hmm. I want to be a loud person. I want to lead, but that's not my gift, so I shouldn't do that. I should be doing my works. Hmm. So it's it's different roles. And I and I don't think that Paul ever says women can't have the gift of leadership. Women can't have a gift of teaching. Um, but I don't think, I think that the, the role of overseer within the church is reserved for men. So I, I think something that gets confused here is I think that Paul does affirm um, different what you're calling roles, I guess. Um, I think Paul affirms that there are differences in the masculine and the feminine. And so I think like there are places where he's affirming masculine energy and there's a play. I can't, I don't remember. It's I think it's in Galatians. Well, the, but, um, the only place that I think the roles are really distinct would be in marriage and within the church. It wouldn't be, yeah, you're talking about roles. I'm talking more like energy. And so I'm okay. saying that I think like there's... Is this like, like there's, some astrology thing? Yeah. Um, there's a... there's a I can't remember where it is, but there's a place where Paul says, act like a man. And, you know, he's, ta- he's appealing to kind of ideas of what manhood is, which have to do with like virtue, right? That's something mm-hmm. that's a big deal for 
Roman culture is only men could have virtue. Women couldn't have virtue because they weren't full human. <laughs> um, and so he says, act like a man. And he's talking apparently to women and he's, you know, and he's telling them. Yeah. Hey, it just got out of the oven. It's sitting on the oven. Where, where were we? You were talking about uh, gender energies. Well, when you say it like that, it sounds really That's why I asked if it was astrology or something. <laughs> That's very funny. Anyway. Um, okay. Sorry. So in, I think it's in 1 Corinthians 16, Paul says, um, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. And in other passages, like you've already talked about, when he talks about the diakonos or whatever, you know, being servant minded and all those kinds of things. I think that's more of a feminine mm -hmm. energy. And so there's, there is, I think he's trying to remind us that God, you know, male and female, he created them right in the image of God. And so we both male and female bear, you know, who God is in totality. God's not a man. Right. And so, um, I think that it's important to note that I think a lot of what Paul is doing is trying to, in a culture that is very patriarchal, in a culture that honors manhood and masculinity um, much more than it honors femininity, sees femininity as weak, um, that he's trying to lift that up and, and equalize it, bring it to an equal level with So why didn't he just manhood. say that? Well, he does. I Except mean, he, that he doesn't he, permit women he, to have authority or to teach over man. Yeah, and where does where is that? That's in First Timothy, yeah. right? So, again, given the context of that passage, there were like when you're talking about teaching something, you need an education to teach something, right? And women were not allowed to have an education, and so. In and this is from I was listening to uh, Kurt Willems. Well, they talking they weren't allowed this. into the synagogue to read the uh, the Old Testament Septuagint. So right, but now they're in a Christian right, but teaching, the only scripture right? they had so in the Old Testament they didn't have the New Testament right, but they're teaching about yeah. Jesus. So so I was listening. Kurt Willems was talking about how the gatherings would probably have been separated male and female like they are still in many uh eastern cultures and you know over in the middle east um, they separate men and women so in that first timothy 2 passage where he tells women that they he doesn't permit them to teach and stuff something that i learned that's happening in that area in that region at the time of this letter was called the Artemis cult. Have you heard of the mm -hmm. Artemis cult? So it was apparently, I can't remember exactly which teacher it was, but it'll be one of the people I leave in the show notes, but they're saying it was called like the new Roman woman is <laughs> kind of this movement that was happening at this time. And the Artemis cult, that might've been Diana as well. I can't remember, but um, it was basically matriarchal versus patriarchal. And so it was an answer to the the patriarchy of the time, and it was elevating women above men. And so it wasn't just an equalizing movement. It wasn't something saying, you know, hey, we're not just property. We're also, you know, valuable here. It was saying, well, actually, 
you know, you've, you've all got it flipped the wrong way. And Artemis, you know, teaches us that we should be above you and men should be subservient to women. The advice then- Well, that for, just sounds ridiculous. <laughs> well, it really does because, you know, in these, in these letters, um, the New Testament letters, you know, the, a, Christ, a strong Christian ethic that I've already been arguing is, um, is equality, right? Mm-hmm. And so a teaching that is elevating anyone above anybody is wrong. I would say that's true of believing that men are somehow hierarchically above women. And it's certainly wrong to say that women are hierarchically above men. And so the the answer to it is, listen, the women need to stop. <laughs> like yeah. if they if they think that they are better than the men, like we need to shut that down because it is not a Christian. They need to stop and listen to the you know, to the teachings of Christ and be um, brought into like true equality, not, you know, not right. following this new Roman woman idea. In addition to that, during this time, like, so that's, that's a part of it. And so I think that that makes sense that there might be kind of a pushback on that. So additionally, um, something that's going on during that time, when you look at like the first Corinthians 11 passage, where he says to women, that they should remain silent during the meeting and ask their husbands to teach them. Um, women were not allowed to have an education. And they, the meetings, and I got this from Kurt Willems, who I'll link in the show notes, but the meetings would have almost certainly been conducted in Greek, um, probably the, what's it called? The koinea or whatever, like the yeah. colloquial Greek. Yeah. And that wouldn't have been something women would have been... Um, well-versed in because they wouldn't have been allowed to learn Greek. Well, it would, the, the meeting would be held in whatever language they spoke. So if, if Koine Greek was what they spoke in Corinth, then the women would speak it because they were allowed to learn. How Not to necessarily though, because they might've, they might've learned. So, okay. So he was saying that during this time, there was like the Greek that everybody used to conduct business like in the marketplace and stuff and then there was whatever they whatever dialect they sort of spoke in their own smaller communities and so it would not necessarily have been the same and and that actually it oh, so so he's saying the that they would use the more widely spread yes whatever because, and the yeah. women may only know their dialect so they exactly. wouldn't really understand i get what because the okay. no, I get because it. the and these meetings were also meant you know because he gives them advice about like speaking in tongues and stuff about let outsiders come in. So this would have, they would have wanted the meetings to be as accessible as possible. So they would have put it in the colloquial, whatever would be more broadly accepted for everyone, but it wouldn't have necessarily been understood by the women. And so he kind of paints this really fun picture of, you know, like the women, probably the men and women were separated as they still are in many Eastern cultures, even in Christian Eastern cultures due to cultural norms. And so the women would have been grouped together and the men would have been separately grouped together and they would have been listening to the same message, but only the men would really be able to actually understand it and engage with those ideas, you know, talking about Jesus Christ right. and these teachings. And the women, because they wouldn't have understood, would have gotten to chattering and asking each other questions, maybe trying to understand it right then and there. And it would have been very distracting. So, so none so, of that sounds like something I would have any issues yeah, with. Because sure. it sound, cause even within the context of the Corinthians, He's writing a letter and he's constantly uh, 
he's constantly ridiculing them or not ridicule, but uh, correcting them. Cause mm-hmm. he like in the, when they do communion, pe- some people are walking away full and drunk and others aren't getting anything to drink or eat. Right. Uh, they, he tells them how to do, how to speak. Yeah. In they're very, they're a wily bunch. Yeah. And so, and so it's without ha- knowing that um, I always took it as that there were women who were being particularly contentious, not, not contentious, but they were particularly disruptive. Right. And so, Hey, you know, well, what? I like, only, I only bring it up because I think it's, it's a good place to point out that women were not allowed to have an education and they probably right. didn't even, weren't even able to no, I, like successfully I, talk in those meetings. And so when you look at the first Timothy passage, you know, if you add that to also this kind of cultural movement of elevating women above men, it's like, well, then it makes sense why he would be saying, you know, women need to be quiet. <laughs> and they, you know, well, like this I, is... And I get that, but my my thing is still that... Because when he said he when he says women should be silent and talk to your husbands at home and all this, he's not appealing that to creation in that moment. So, but he is in Timothy when he talks about the having authority uh, right. to teach or to have or have authority. And so, my thing is that it's not that Paul is saying men are hierarchically above women. He's saying that husbands are hierarchically above their wives and that overseers are hierarchically, I don't even know if that's the right word or if it is a word, <laughs> above the the church that they oversee. And so outside of that, everyone is equal. And he was, all of the apostles were encouraging of women in roles that uh, at the time they were oppressed. So my thing is that it's... Um, it comes back to this appeal to create. It comes back to the appeal to creation. Yeah. And so when I, shoot, you were talking and I was like, oh, I have something to say to that. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so Corinthians, I don't see that as a problem. I do. I think it was yeah. a contextual thing. Um, but I, I just, I guess like. But I, so again, my, my thing is that if God, if God made creation, if he made a, a car, and said, this car works really well when you put oil in it. Right. And then we said, hey, you know what? We're going to put oil, but we're also going to put some water in there because it's cheaper than oil. It might still run, but it's not going to run the way it was intended. and It's not going to be as effective. So if God said, this is, this is, oh, I remember what I was going to say. I'll finish this. So if God said, this is how the church is supposed to run. And then we say, that sounds good, but we're going to try this because we think it's a little better. Mm-hmm. If it's not the way that God designed it to run, it's not going to be as efficient. Mm-hmm. And if if Paul and the apostles were already being so countercultural by being by teaching what they taught, if it is the case that there is no difference, or not no difference, but there's no uh, separation between the role of man and woman in overseer or within marriage, mm-hmm. I think that. Because they were already so countercultural, it wouldn't have been a very far step for them to have said that. They didn't teach because of the culture that was around them. They taught because of what was true and what Jesus told them to teach. So if it was the case that women could be overseers or that husbands and wives were truly equal, then I think they would have said that. I mean, I guess I just, you know, I wonder 
what that means then when he says that there's no male or female and that when he because when he within the context i believe that he's talking about uh priority because before it was the jews and the jews were seeing themselves as better than the converted gentiles because they were there first hey we're the jews we have we have priority to god you're saved too but we have priority so what is it so he's saying no you don't everyone is equal but it's but but also there's still an authority between a mother and her child. There's still there's still different authorities in the world within the kingdom. Yeah, I guess I, I'm so it sounds like our main point of disagreement is that you see a hierarchy where I see where I don't see a hierarchy. Right. And I suppose like honestly, I, I find what you are talking about much less like offensive or contentious than like what a lot of Christian men believe, you know, like, um, which is kind of more overtly sexist and sort of like, but I'm, I, I'm a much more subtle version form of sexism. Yeah. You're much more subtle sexist, but it, well, what, but it's a little confusing to me because I do know that you don't think that like women should just listen to men, right. like, you know, writ large. And, because I don't you, think that's what Paul teaches, right? But you're t- you're talking about within a marriage, a man has authority, and that that is supposed to go into the church, and so that a man has authority over women in the church. And I don't, so, no, I guess, so I'm, I'm not understanding I'm saying what that, that Paul means. is using. Paul is appealing to creation for both mm-hmm. of those arguments, right? And within marriage, man has authority. So my when I say marriage, I say that in the same way that marriage is a picture of of Christ in the church. Um, to give an example that there is still hierarchy within the kingdom in certain relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that because husbands have authority in marriage that men have authority within the church. I think that... Unless they're an elder? Along those same lines, yeah, an elder has authority over the church, but they have the authority and an elder that's, can only that's be given to them. Uh, yeah, an elder or a bishop, the okay. episcopate. Okay, and then but they only your... they only have the authority that's given to them. When I say authority, I'm not saying it's absolute authority. Just yeah. like in marriage, I don't think the husband has absolute authority over his wife. He has the authority to love his his job is to love his wife the way Christ loved the church, which is not as himself, but putting her needs above himself. Christ didn't want to die, but he did for the church's sake. So, and so that's the authority your... that the husband has in his marriage. But then there's also an issue of settling disputes, which you brought up with elders. So, okay, right. sorry. There's like several thoughts happening because I want to get back to the appeal to creation because that to okay. me, it doesn't understand. I don't understand why you're doing that there and not in other places, but because I also Paul don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. But but I guess, so I guess that settles. I mean, we have already talked about that. I just want to point out to the listener, though, that I, that still doesn't totally make sense to me why it's like, okay, here he's appealing to creation. And so we need to take this as solid. But over here, he appeals to creation and then says, never mind, it doesn't really matter. And that's okay. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Then it Because can't he be says, a- never mind. But why would he say that? So he's making the argument of, be all things to all people. And then he says, hey, there's this issue of head coverings. Here's an argument to be made for head coverings. But if anyone's contentious, 
we don't have a custom, nor do the churches. Yeah, well, like, maybe not, people weren't contentious can then do it. about gender roles, but I'm contentious now. But he doesn't now. say if you're, but he never says if you're contentious about gender roles, the churches don't have the custom because right, Because they people weren't, they weren't contentious about it, apparently. I don't know. I just, it's like, I don't know. Anyway. Okay. All right. So I guess we don't have to go down yeah. that path anymore, but I, that doesn't make sense to me. I think that's the, I think that's the crux of our disagreement. Yeah. And that it's not getting solved right now. Yeah. Right. But one day, one it day, actually, I hope that you'll see the truth. It actually does kind of go back to, like, I don't think that every single thing, every single good teaching of Paul made it into the Bible we have today. And that you have more of a trust that if it was meant for us, it would be in it now. I have a trust that if Paul is describing what the elder, what the the overseers and the deacons are doing and who can be them, that if there, if it was an issue of this is for you, but not for everyone, he would say it just as he did with the Corinthians, but he didn't. And I don't. And there is, and I think there's precedent. If he'd never said that to the Corinthians and he, he just taught, you know, head coverings, but it wasn't what he taught to everyone else, then that would set a precedence for this being along those same lines. Wait, wait, did. wait, what? So if he told the Corinthians, hey, do head coverings for all, here's an argument for head coverings. And he never said, you don't, like the other churches don't do this. But we know that he told other churches, no, you don't have to do head coverings. Then that would set a precedence for him telling Timothy, this is who can be an elder. And then taught other churches, here's who can be an elder, also women. Right. My precedent is that he affirms women as elders. Okay, so here's Where the other thing. Where does he affirm a women, women as elders? This is the other thing, because you won't take it this way. So I understand that. Because okay. you see elder and overseer and bishop and deacon as offices as well as roles. And I see them exclusively as roles within the church and within really pretty well, much any when community. i say when i say offices and roles i don't think offices the way that we think of them today right 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 where you're like you have to set this up but you're seeing it as something much more official than what i see it as and so maybe yeah that's my that's my um hypothesis well, because so, i'm when i yeah, see so him, go ahead and, and yeah yeah sorry i keep interrupting go ahead that's okay it's we're getting, you said we should argue more. So here we go. Um, <laughs> when, so when he, when Paul talks about Junia and Phoebe, and when he talks about the other people, <laughs> who is it? You know Priscilla their names. Yes. Thank you. Um, who like taught him and who, and even in Timothy, right? Doesn't he affirm like Timothy's grandma? Grandma or something like that. Um, he, in my mind, even though he uses, like you said, he uses the term deacon to talk about Phoebe. In my mind, he is affirming women leaders. He's affirming and yeah. and he's affirming to me, there's a synonymous nature of leader and elder. Like he's affirming that these are wise people within the community of Christians who we should look to for direction and for wisdom and guidance and who can help us on our journey as disciples of Christ. And so the the reason I would say the reason I would have an issue with that yeah is that he uses the word episcopate yeah. and talks about anyone who's going to be an episcopate has yeah. these qualifications and then immediately after talks about diaconos and says yeah. anyone who's a diaconos has these qualifications. Right. So there's clearly different roles. Yeah. And when he talks about Phoebe, 
It's a diakonos. Yeah. And there's nothing in there that he says women can't be deacons. Yeah. And so I'm not saying that he doesn't affirm women as servants, as even if you would say leaders, you know, leading from the front by serving Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not saying he doesn't do that. I'm saying that what he doesn't permit women to do is to teach and to have authority. And one of the roles But he does though. But one of the roles of the eld of the overseer is that they're able to teach. Yeah, but he affirms that women have taught him and led him. So then I don't understand. They just can't be called an elder? Like I guess like fine. So for one, (laughs) regarding my my view of the position, I don't think it's an office in the way that we have office now. So an office if there's an office of elder, then the authority comes with the office. I don't think the authority of the elder or the overseer or whatever within a church community comes from them having the office of elder. The way that nowadays, if you have the office of pastor, you have the authority that comes with the office. No one might even know who you are, but you have the office of pastor. And so we're going to trust what you say because you're the pastor. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's why Paul advises. neither of us... Yeah, Neither exactly. of us likes that. Yeah. But just to clarify, so yeah, yeah. Paul advises Timothy, hey, don't don't lay on hands, don't acknowledge people as overseers within a church until you really get to know them. And so right, it's right, right. It's and they not need really to be an office, but people. more of a more of a role that the community acknowledges, hey, you know, we're constantly going to Jack for our, for all this stuff. He's 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 smart, he's wise, he's patient, he he has all these yeah. qualifications. And we're at a point where, you know, some of us want to go this way and some of us want to go this way. Let's just affirm him as overseer and as an elder. And then we can oh, take okay. his Interesting. take his advice and his, his role. Yeah. And so that's why I said at the beginning, not every church, if a church, everyone in the church is following Jesus the way he wants them to, they won't even have like an official person who's who's had hands laid on them and been affirmed as an elder because they haven't had a need for for someone to lead them other than Yeah, Jesus. and that to me that was a confusing distinction because in my mind any uh Christian community has people sort of leading it and um Right. Well, and if you capacity. look at if you look at the was it Jesus that said if you want to be if you want to be first you have to be servant to all? Right. And so the yeah. the highest position that Jesus talked about mm-hmm. was a servant, which mm-hmm. would be the deacon, which there's no restriction on women being. So it sounds like when he appeals to, and I know you're not going to like this already, <laughs> when he appeals to creation in Timothy, <laughs> he says that Adam was not deceived, but woman being deceived fell into transgression. So I think that the reason, the argument to creation on why um, women can't be elders within the church mm-hmm. is that women can be more susceptible to false doctrine or to to deception. And so yeah, which I would honestly I would say given the first century context where women weren't allowed to be educated and also probably didn't understand much of the messages right. around Christian teaching, they probably would have been more susceptible to And so I, again I would say in their yeah. context that actually makes a lot of sense to me. I just don't see why we would continue that and the appeal to creation, like we've already covered, seems like a weak one to me. Um, but I, I guess I, I think we're kind of exhausting our conversation yeah. here a bit. But I, I wanted to, I didn't want to abandon this thing that seems foggy in my mind of what you actually think authority is. 
like when you say that a husband has authority over his wife, but it's an authority to love her. It's like, but there's well, also this tension of settling yeah. disputes for elders among the so church. I think the, I think the authority is the deciding vote in a dispute. Mm-hmm. So with an overseer in a church, one group wants to go this way, another goes this way, and the elder or elders would say, you know, this is this is disunity, or this is against Jesus, or this is a false doctrine, and this isn't. And so they have they have the say of what is love or what is worth what they need to do in order to maintain. I I wonder, like, so if there is a a female who is more mature, you know, mature Christian and has been through a lot and everything, and there is a male who qualifies as an elder, but is not as mature as that female, like you would still say that that male has quote unquote authority in the church and should be able to make decisions that the female shouldn't? I think that if there's a church where someone qualifies as an elder, the difference in maturity isn't going to be significant enough to make a, a measurable impact. If if someone qualifies as an elder, they're mature enough to know what is and is not worth fighting for, what is and is not a false doctrine, what what's something that's going to lead people astray and what's not. And the difference between maturity of the that that man and the woman isn't going to be significant enough to have a measurable impact on whatever decision or whatever conflict that community is going to come up to. Hmm. Okay. I guess yeah. I, then, I am wary something of something else you said I wanted to, Oh, and then I also, I want to acknowledge that, like I said, there, there's nothing that says women can't have a gift of leadership. We know Paul lists leadership as a spiritual gift. But um, the husband are, has to agree to submit to it. Or the men have to agree to submit to it? No. What? Well, no. I'm, I just don't understand if they can be leaders, but ultimately the authority. So if if a woman is a missionary and she's the only Christian somewhere, then she is going to be the most mature Christian and she is going to be, we would say she's leading the church. And if I there's a that man that there, I then... That does happen. And I think it can happen. I think it still does. But just like I think within a marriage, if something happens to me and I'm unconscious, the authority of of our marriage our, your defers, yeah. of our household defers to my wife. Right. So the authority of leading a church community, if there is no one that qualifies as an elder, then it would defer to whoever the next most mature Christian would be. Right. But I'm not, I'm asking about if there is, if the maturity. So I I already answered the question of if there's a mature man and a mature woman. Then it just defaults to the man because, wait, let me like reflect what I heard. Okay. It defaults to the man because that's how God designed humans and that the gap in maturity simply wouldn't be, you're just saying it just wouldn't be big enough. No, I don't think it would be. Because if someone is, if someone qualifies as an elder, then they they're mature enough. I to just know feel like you haven't met that many. Maybe it's that you haven't met too many mature people. Because like there is a huge gap. Like you can be mature and still have a way more right. mature person. Or but more what I'm qualified. saying is, if you have someone who is who is mature, but then they, they would defer to that person, right? Because if they qualify as elder, right, they have to be blameless, a husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, good behavior, hospitable, able to teach not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous. Like if they met, if they like meet all of bar, these though. things, 
if they see if they meet all of these things, then they would be someone that that you can look to, and the difference in maturity isn't going to be significant enough. Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like that high of a bar, and I I'm very wary of of just kind of leaving it to like I I think that again I think that the the Pauline thought and I think the Jesus thought is to tell us all that we're all equal and then allow us to commit to community together and find the people among us who are worthy of listening to and heeding their wisdom without the hierarchies that humans have built up over time. Like, I think that was kind of the whole point is in religion, state, and, you know, here in your families, like you shouldn't have these hierarchies because they're not actually helpful. And I would say that the point is that we are all equal in value and in priority and we all have access to Jesus the same but there are still times where there is a a hierarchical design that God put into his creation yeah and then that it doesn't we, feel like we if we're going to be servants of Christ and and serve him then we should obey the the intention of creation yeah i guess it's like it doesn't seem like we have equal access if there is a hierarchy it's hard to see how that is how that is equal yeah but you know we disagree and well, since you have a penis you get to uh yeah well be and i i i i guess i just don't see that i don't see uh you don't see I your don't... penis is it that small no i was distracted when you were talking so i had to take a second um <laughs> I guess I just don't see a problem with that. I don't see. I wonder if that's because you are not a woman. Maybe. I know, I know there are a lot but of women. Though, if that I were a woman, this, but... did, would the Bible say anything different? Well, no, but I'm just saying, like, I wonder if you, the reason you can't see why that's a problem is because you have not well, been I on can, the receiving I end understand of... the argument when someone says it's a problem. I understand where the argument comes from, and I understand, like, how you would see it that way, but I don't. Yeah. Like I just, and if I were a woman, I don't think I would have any other view because my, my view is whatever I, I try to keep my views, whatever the Bible teaches. Well, yeah. Of and course. so if I was a woman, I'd read the same words. And so I think I'd come I to feel the same like, conclusion. Yeah. But I mean, ultimately, course. I don't know. I'm not a woman. Yeah. I, I feel like if I was a man, I very well might not see things the way I do. Well, we have been talking for a while and, uh, as a man, I think I'm going to go ahead and decide it's time to wrap this up. That just makes me want to keep this going longer, even though I need to go. The thing is, you're the one in charge of recording, so ha! really, I have no authority to tell you to stop. That's Shoot, true. does that mean you won? By default. <laughs> Listen, I definitely don't feel like your view makes all the sense in the world to me, but I... Love you, and I think it is. Uh, I'm sure you feel the same way about mine, but I think it's it's an interesting conversation, and it's also like at the end of the day, we're brother and sister in Christ. And yeah, if you think like that's the thing, it's like if you think you have more authority over someone and they don't think you do, like you still have to figure out how to get along with them. That's that's the bottom well, line of the and, Christian ethic. <laughs> and so. to let everyone know. <laughs> I don't think any man inherently has more authority over any other woman. Just the decision-making within a marriage and only if they're an overseer of a particular church. So I can't, as a man, I can't go up to 
a woman within a church and be like, and just expect that I have authority over, over anyone. So, yeah. Cause I feel like, I feel like I just want to make that clear. No, that's good because some, that's not, again, that's not how all and, men yeah, see and it. outside the church, <laughs> it's, it doesn't speak to outside the church. There, I have no problem with women. It's a moot in, point. Whatever. And also to clarify, if I, because there are church communities that don't have people that qualify as elders, um, like if I go to a church and there's a woman who's a pastor or a woman up in front teaching, I'm not going to walk out just because they have a woman in a leadership role. Oh, that's like nice. there's, there's much more, there are much bigger issues that are drawing people away from Christ than women in leadership. I just think that to affirm women in those roles yeah. is mistaken, but it's not something that I think is like, if you attend a church with a female pastor, I don't think that you're not saved or whatever. It's sure. just, I just think the, the car is not running the way that the, the manufacturer designed it. <laughs> yeah. And I will not take offense to that. <laughs> Since we're offering closing thoughts here, I think you as a particular man are not a threat to like women around you. Um, I think that your idea, I think that idea is is not healthy and safe for a lot of women. I think men use it poorly. I don't think you use it poorly. And so, I mean, I don't think that you are wielding it as some kind of a weapon against women. And and I'm assuming that you would say that anybody who is, is not actually being true to the heart of what you do believe the Bible is trying to teach us there. So I understand all of that. I think, um, yeah. I just think it, it is, it is because it, it could be problematic is part of, of why I think it is and, and, you know, lends me to a more open view, which is kind of just par for the course for us. Like I'm a hippie liberal. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And you're right. I wouldn't use it as a as a weapon against women or anything like that. Um, I just want my view to be the biblical view. And that's basically all of my views. That's what I think is the biblical view. So Yeah. Um And I don't care about the Bible, obviously. So Yeah, well, you just make the Bible fit whatever you're feeling, which a lot of the church is doing now, so I, it's not a surprise. Which is what women do. <laughs> Which, yeah, well, and, you know, <laughs> Eve was deceived first, not Adam. So, you're right. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, All right. Thank you guys for listening. If you stuck through it that long, don't forget yep. to like and subscribe and leave a review if it's good. Heck, even if it's bad, just leave a review. It'd be just nice. Let us to know. We need to know. You could also just say hi. Yeah. What's up? And rivalries right. at gmail.com if you have any suggestions or questions or clarifying. Yep. Find us on Instagram. I think it's Sib Rivalries. Maybe it's Sib. I don't really know. I'll I think it's up. Sibling Rivalries. Yeah. We're One also on Twitter. Two. It's two people fencing. You'll find it. Yeah. We're on Twitter, but when I say we, I mean I'm on Twitter. Yeah, I don't have a tweet. Twitter. I don't yeah. have a Twitter. All right. All right. Hey, did you hear that uh, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook were going to combine into one conglomerate? It's no. going to be utwitface.com. <laughs> Good God. Love you. Love you.